You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey everyone, this week we're giving away a one-year subscription to pushlink.com, P-U-S-H-L-Y-N-K. It's valued at about 600 bucks. Pushlink allows you to send push notifications to your subscribers on almost any platform. The fact is push notifications get about 10 times the response rate when compared to traditional email. For a chance to win, subscribe to the podcast, then take a quick snapshot or picture showing you're subscribed and text it to 716-218-8981 or you can email it to growthexperts at yahoo.com. Now let's get back to the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. Her name is Virginia Muskies, and she's well known as the referral diva. She is passionately driven to teach six-figure solopreneurs the pathway to building business that fuel their passions, fund their dreams, and have massive impact on the communities where they live and serve. She has over 30 years of teaching experience, training, and business building experience, And Virginia has demonstrated that cultivating and leveraging social capital is the fastest pathway to profitability for small business owners. Welcome to the show, Virginia. Thank you so much, Dennis. It's great to be here. I appreciate the invitation. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about something really cool. To some people, it may be a little bit of a sore spot. We're going to talk about networking, but you have a different spin on it. You have a different approach and a different strategy. But before we dive into that, because we're going to talk about your strategy for how to how to actually generate business while networking, okay? But before we do that, tell us a little bit about your backstory, a little bit about your business, and then we'll dig in. Sure. Thanks for asking. I, I grew up with an entrepreneurial dad, and he really created a business that supported families. He was just amazing at, you know, if it was good enough for him, he did it for his employees. So he was giving employees health insurance reimbursement in the seventies, way before it was a thing, you know, and I saw him support the community in so many ways. Um, He supported education efforts. He was very big in zoning and planning, like helping the we lived in a rural community that was starting to grow and he just really wanted to make sure that it grew responsibly. And he put a lot of time and money into that. And my dad taught me the one thing that small business owners can do is really care about each other because we got to have each other's back because the big guys aren't, aren't looking out for us. Right. So that's kind of where I started. I went to high school, went to college, got a degree in Spanish of all weird things, taught for a while moved from the East Coast to the Midwest to go and do my PhD work, which I didn't love, became a Mary Kay sales director, which I loved but failed at miserably, and then became a vice president of contract services for a gentleman who owned a bunch of Sylvan Learning Center franchises. And I took all of the successes and failures and the learning that I had and grew for him a No Child Left Behind division from zero to two and a half million dollars over five years. So the first year we had no revenue uh, when we started. And then the last year we did 2.5 million. 
And the interesting thing about that was that I only had one mechanism that would work. Advertising didn't work. Radio didn't work. TV didn't work. Newspapers didn't work. You know, online wasn't a really big thing then. And we were talking about the urban environment. So that wasn't going to work. And the only thing that worked was building social capital. So if you've seen my picture, you know, I'm not, I, that's not my, that's not my stomping ground. I, I'm, and so I had to really go in and borrow other people's influence and create relationships and help people understand that I really wanted to make a, the situation better. And so I created a network of influencers in the urban environment, East St. Louis, Illinois, St. Louis city. And I created these, this network of influencers and I worked with them really hard to help them accomplish their mission. And in return, I ended up doing that amazing zero to two and a half million in just under five years. So right around the time I had finished that, I was getting a little burnt out just on the whole government contracting piece of it. And some folks that were friends of mine owned some business network international franchises and said, you know, that is what you've been able to do is amazing. And we've got some members that would like to do that. Would you be willing to teach some people how to do it? And I thought, wow, own my own school. Yes. Right. So I started coaching it and that's gotten me to where I am today. So it's really just my coaching practice and my philosophies were born out of necessity and then developed in praxis over about five years of building a successful, a successful tutoring practice for urban kids. Perfect. So tell us a little bit about your business now. I mean, it's, what is it called? Chief it's called Master Connectors. Is that the business? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's my business. Yep. So that business focuses in on exactly what? Give me that in a nutshell. In a nutshell. I teach people how to build their business by referral, dependably, predictably, and proactively so that they can really enjoy their life and accomplish the things that they want to accomplish without having to live, breathe, and essentially, you know, stress out over client acquisition and keeping their business running. Perfect. That's exactly what I needed. Awesome. All right. So you were, you started out kind of in corporate and then you moved into being an entrepreneur that she said, it's what back in 2010 is when you first started your first business. Mm-hmm. I think. Right. So yeah. tell me a little, I mean, I'm sure being a new entrepreneur, but being very good at networking, you know, tell me a little bit about some of the biggest struggles you had when you were building that first business? I mean, if you had one or two big takeaways of things that you struggled with, what would they be? Well, I I definitely in the earlier struggled with client acquisition. I laughingly say, but it's not laughable. It's true. I, I couldn't sell my way out of a paper bag. I couldn't, I would go do all these free presentations and I would go networking and I would fill a room and people would come and see me do this, you know, two or three hour presentation And then I'd say like, hey, why don't you come and work with me for $97? And people are like, yeah, that's okay. So I think, uh, you know, I definitely struggled with client acquisition and using the speak to sell model and using networking to fill a room. That was very difficult. And I think that was one. And I think the other one that I would say that I struggled with is finding an authentic entrepreneurial voice, being able to show up and shine as a whole person, as opposed to living sort of this, well, this is what it's supposed to look like. And so I'm going to show up the way I think I'm supposed to show up. And that was essentially the heart of the problem. But that I think was the biggest challenge. It's taken me the longest to adapt and to grow and to learn in that space. But 
once you get it, you get a lot of momentum. It's sort of get once you get that, you're kind of at the top of the mountain and then the sky's the limit. Gotcha. Well, listen here, let me talk a little bit about from a personal experience about my experience with networking, and then maybe you can help me and in turn help the whole audience, right? Okay. So I think a lot of entrepreneurs, now I've been an entrepreneur for 25 years and and I'm going to be extremely honest with you. I'm an introvert, right? I'm very introverted. I'm not that life of the party guy. I'm, you know, people that know me know that I'm fairly quiet, you know, so networking has always been a little bit painful for me, but every time I did it, especially early on, when I did the traditional networking, you know, you have little networking groups that you meet up with, or even like the more modern meetup versions of networking and, and so on and so forth. I usually got very little business from those networking events. And, you know, it always kind of rubbed me the wrong way that I was never able to convert, at least with any sort of consistency. So what I started doing is I started doing it a little bit more virtually and using social and it became a much better platform for me for generating business. But you have a strategy and some tips in and around, you know, networking or better yet, not networking, right? I think we talked yeah. about your strategy of quit networking and get referred. So can you can you unpack that a little bit for us? Because I I think that my audience is probably just as frustrated as I was, just as frustrated as your clients are. Maybe you can share with us a couple of steps or some framework on how to get referred versus just wasting a whole lot of time networking without getting a whole lot of clients. Yeah, no, I, that's my topic. I love it. And you know what, um, for as energetic as I sound, I'm actually more introverted than extroverted in terms of how I like to interact with people. So a lot of folks think that introversion people are just, you're not friendly, which is not true. It just means that big rooms of crowds of people with everybody talking and the din and the noise and the, it just makes you tired right? So introverted people, I think, really settle in well to a method where you can really create relationships and get referred. So, you know, there are a few steps to really turning networking, which to me is going to a bunch of events. So the first thing I would say is quit going to event after event after event. Do you have to get out of your cave? Yeah, you got to go to an event. But the goal here would be to join one or two networks and be really, really connected in those networks. So once you've joined a network, it might be strategically, it should be a network. One network should be where all of your influencers hang out. So people that do business with your ideal client in ways that you don't. And the other should be a place where all your ideal clients are hanging out. So then once you've done that, the idea is to go through a process of creating awareness. People need to know that you're there building relationships in small doses by making emotional deposits a la Stephen Covey, right? And once you started to build relationship, you want to start building intimacy with people. And what that means is letting them see little bits of yourself, discovering little bits of them, being very nonjudgmental, being very helpful, noticing when somebody has a head cold, knowing when you know their dog died, those sorts of things, being aware of the intimate little details of your life and of their life and acknowledging them all while sharing from your authentic place. And once you've developed some intimacy, you start to be able to create influence. And once you've created influence with people, that's when you can inspire them to act. And so most people do when they go out networking is they go to a networking event. The networking event happens maybe once a month. So just take like a chamber, right? You go to the chamber luncheon once a month. You play business card bingo or business card poker, 
hand out a bunch of business cards, gather up a bunch of business cards, do absolutely nothing with them, forget about everybody for 30 days. They've certainly forgotten you. And then you go back and do it all over again and wonder, why am I not making any money? Exactly. When, yeah, when strategically what you want to do is go and help the people in the room. What are you up to? What are you creating in your life? What's the big project you're working on? What are your obstacles? What's keeping you up at night? What's frustrating about your industry? What's changing in your industry? Great. Bob Berg, who wrote The Go-Giver, has a list of great networking questions that you can grab off his website. But going and asking questions and then begin connecting the people that you meet to the people they need to know for the purpose of solving a problem. So what most people are doing when they're networking is they're going to get business and no one is there to buy business from you. Nobody goes to a networking event thinking that they actually want to get some marketing or gosh, I think I'll go to the chamber and see if I could find some insurance. That's not how we buy and sell. Right. And yet our behavior would indicate that that's exactly what we do. So people are going, people are going to the networking event like it's a flea market. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, what I notice at networking events is it's almost like speed dating and everybody wants to skip the dating part and they want to go right to marriage, right? So sometimes people are too lackadaisical and they just hand out business cards and expect prospects and business to, you know, to start coming to them, which typically doesn't happen. Or they take the other side of the equation where they're overly aggressive and and then they drive people away before they've done those things like build the relationship and create some intimacies and develop a little bit of influence like you talked about. Mm -hmm. So yeah, no, that's perfect. What else? Well, I also want to want to say that when you're in a networking event, you have to join and you have to belong and you have to contribute. So you got to get on committees. You got to be the greeter. You've got to be an ambassador. You've got to help the chamber director or the organization, the director of the organization, grow the organization or sustain the organization. So it's really all about giving and contributing first. Contribution is what creates relationship and influence. So it doesn't serve anyone to belong. Oh, I belong to 15 networking organizations. I go to 27 events every single month. And I'm thinking, well, you're not, no wonder you're exhausted, right? Because if I can just go and build some meaning relation, meaningful relationships and show up and show up and show up, what I'm teaching people is that I'm loyal and I'm consistent and I know how to contribute and I solve problems and I take care of things. Doesn't that sound like someone you'd like to hire? Exactly. Yeah. The consistency and the dedication and people are watching, right? A lot of times people, it's that old saying, right? Nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care type deal. And so I think mm-hmm. that, I think that kind of plays into it. So yeah, that's interesting. All yeah, right. If you run in and you flit around and you just hand out your business cards and say, you should buy my stuff, you should buy my stuff, you should buy my stuff. What you're saying about your business is your business is all about you and you don't care about me and nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Like nobody wants your stuff. Exactly. And one other thing you mentioned a little bit earlier was being a connector. And I think that's really, really interesting because I made that shift being an intro- introvert. I was never that guy, right? I have friends that are these master connectors and they're these power networkers and they connect people with everybody else first. That's always been their focal point. Whenever they meet somebody, they want to try to connect them with somebody that could benefit on both sides. And I was always envious of that. And then I started doing it. And believe it or not, the place I started doing it was on LinkedIn because I would meet a lot of people Mm -hmm. and connect with a lot of people on LinkedIn. And so now my mindset is whenever I meet a new person, 
on LinkedIn, you know, someone that's interesting and compelling. I mean, not just every single connection because that would be impossible, but an interesting and compelling person. What I do, my first thought process is who can I connect that person with that's going to benefit both parties? So for example, whenever I meet somebody on this podcast, like yourself, my mind is always turning. Who can I connect Virginia with maybe to get on another podcast or maybe you know, who might be interested in her coaching program or someone that if they have some sort of synergy. So that's always a kind of a, an underlying focal point. And I think that's such an important distinction between real networking and pseudo networking. Yeah. Well, and again, I think the definition of networking seems to be to me to run around to a bunch of events and hand out business cards, grab a stack of business cards, maybe call those people, definitely put them in your autoresponder and then spam the heck out of them because, right? Like, like the behaviors are ridiculous. And if you start to think a little bit more, you mentioned, you know, just going straight to marriage. I don't even think marriage is the issue with a lot of people that are doing networking inappropriately. They want all the benefits without being friends. <laughs> yeah. Ah, so, yeah, yeah. Good point. Right? Good they're point. going straight to the bennies. They're not going, they're not developing the friendship. So when it really so it's more like a one night stand. <laughs> yes. Right. Like that's what they want. And I'm not going to, I don't know. I'm too old. I'm not doing that. So where it all boils down to is not everybody should be your client, even if they're the right demographic, even if they're the right semographic, psychographic, you know, when someone should be your client, when they want to be your client, when they want to, <laughs> right. So the deal is, is, you know, I, I frequently use the metaphor. I'm like, how sexy are you? Like how business sexy are you? How magnetic are you? Right. How intriguing are you? How interesting are you? And you're not going to put it all out there at one time. And people buy you first, then they make a purchase. Exactly. Yep. And we spend, when people are out networking, you've got to understand that how you do that first interaction is how people think you do business. So you could be the best business owner, the most amazing interviewer. You could be like, you could be terrific at everything you do. Right. But if you act a fool at a networking event, no one will ever know that about you because all they'll say is he acted a fool. Yeah. First impressions are really important, you know, online, offline, over the phone, face to face, whatever it is, that first impression is critically important. So I think that's a really, really good point. So if you're that, you know, speed dater or the person who wants the benefits without the commitment, you know, without investing, people are going to sense that and they're going to run away from you and they're never going to do business with you, even if you're cheaper, even if you have a better service. Well, and here's the other thing. The other benefit of taking my advice on this one is if I belong to an event, right, or to a networking organization and I go to an event and I'm having an off day, or I say something off color, which is really common for me. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm controlling myself here, Dennis. You know, or I, or I, you know, I do something inappropriate, but I only go once a month. Then there's there's no way to undo that. But if I'm also an ambassador, and I'm also a this, and I'm also a that, and I go to the small group and I invite people for coffee, I had somebody come to me today and say, you know, at first I just was really turned off by your style. Then I was like, "Uh, she's kind of eclectic. And then I thought, I really want to get a meeting with her. I wonder if she could be my coach. So because I follow my own advice, I had the opportunity, more than one opportunity to show up more than one time and have someone watch me over and over and over. And I went from, I don't like her very much to 
she's kind of interesting to, I'm intrigued. Yeah, right? exactly. You give yourself time and space to mess up and we're all human. But if you don't, if you don't keep showing up and you don't invest in connecting the people you meet to the people that you need to know, helping the organizer make their life easier, help the organization meet its goals, whatever that is, if you're not involved and you're not contributing, no one will believe that you're a great business owner. doesn't matter how great you are. Exactly. And there are some people who are re- really great contributors and their business ownership has a little bit to be desired, but we forgive them the lack because they're such great people. Right. Exactly. So here's, let me shift gears a little bit. So knowing what you know now, hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? You've been an mm-hmm. entrepreneur for almost 10 years now. Mm-hmm. Knowing what you know now, what would you do differently to get further faster as an entrepreneur? If you had to pick one thing, what would you do differently to get further faster? I would have hired coaches sooner. Mm, Interesting. People resist that, don't they? They're afraid of that commitment. It seems like a lot of money. I don't know if I'm ready. Is it the right person? So yeah, no, that's a really good point. Hiring a coach. For me, getting coached has made all the difference. It made the difference for me making $1,200 my first year as an entrepreneur to making $250,000 my second year as an entrepreneur. And coaching, yep, absolutely. Getting getting competent coaching with the number one impediment to my success, whatever that was. And I continue to do that. And most people wouldn't flinch at me going to college, right? I'm going to go to college and get a bachelor's degree. What does that cost? Oh, yeah, but very exactly. few people would spend $200,000 in their own personal development over a period of 10 or 15 years. And getting a competent coach who has done what you want to do, who has been there, who has tripped over the obstacles, beat their head against the wall, they are there to lift you up right over the obstacles and set you on the other side. It is the fastest path to success and the fastest path to cash that I know of. And, but I got to do number two. Okay. You ready? Go ahead. Don't do stuff you suck at. Pay somebody who's really good at it. It'll be less costly because it'll take them less time to do it really well. Then you'll save in money for taking a really long time to do it badly. Yep. You, you'll be surprised on your first comment there about coaching. I just told this story the other day, but most people don't know this about me. I've personally invested over $100,000 in training, coaching, mentoring, masterminds, just Mm -hmm. on myself personally in the last 20 years. So, And people ask me all the time, was it worth it? I don't know. I grew an $80 million company, sold it. I haven't made less than six figures in 15, 20 years. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. You tell me, was it worth it? So Yeah. yeah, of course. So coaching, really, really important. Thank you for that. That's a great tip. So- What's your favorite growth tool or software that you're using today? I dig Zoom. I really like using Zoom. I use that to do my podcasting. I use it to get video testimonials, that sort of thing. And I, I'm really, really busy. I'm building multiple companies, running a BNI franchise. So I'm really super busy. And I, I love Zoom because it, it has bought me back about 12 hours a week of commute time. Yeah, I've, I've used every webinar and communications tools similar to that on the planet, it seems like. And I literally just this year pivoted to Zoom and I love it. So totally agree with you there. I use that regularly. So what would be one book that you would recommend for my audience in and around growth or entrepreneurship, I should say? Oh boy. Or just any good book that you've read recently. Uh, 
I wish you'd asked me that like before I got on and I wouldn't have to think so hard because I read a lot. The problem is I read a lot. So let's see. Think and Grow Rich is a real favorite. That one's on my nightstand all the time. I'm reading a really interesting book right now by a guy named Jay Fissette. He's a, he's in the information marketing industry. He does masterminds, teaches people how to run masterminds. It's called reframe your blame. That's been really interesting, an interesting read. And I think probably in the scheme of figuring out how to build a referral network or how to, how to have strategic meetings with people and really create value. There's a book that Dr. Ivan Meisner published called money on the table referrals in the bank that has some really interesting, really, really interesting, easily implemented tips for being a better networker and being more strategic and creating referrals in your world. Love it. I'll grab a copy of that. I'm sure somebody in the audience will also. Hey, listen, I appreciate it. Let everybody know how they can connect with you. And then we're going to close it out for today. Awesome. Thanks. You can reach me at Virginia at masterconnectors.com or go straight to masterconnectors.com forward slash follow up and download my faithful follow-up guide that will solve the problem for you of getting all those introductions, getting all those business cards, and then not nurturing those relationships. So it's my foolproof three-step done-for-you process for nurturing your network and building your business by referral. Perfect. Love it. Hey, listen, thank you so much for being a part of the show. And I'm sure we'll be talking again soon. I hope so, Dennis. Thanks so much. All right. Bye-bye. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.